Well, hello, and welcome to the Made For This podcast. I'm your host, Julie Turner, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. I believe that each of you are created uniquely and for a purpose. On this show, I talk with women that I believe are living out their God-given purpose right in the place where they are at. My hope is that wherever life has you, whether you're in the workforce, raising young people, or both, whether you're married or single, full nest or empty nest, whatever your particular circumstance is, I hope that in listening to these women and their stories, that you will feel inspired to live confidently in your own purpose every day of your life. You will be hearing from ordinary women living ordinary lives with an extraordinary purpose. Today, I will be talking with my dear friends, Edith and Arlene. Through God's hand of providence, Edith was able to join me all the way from Kenya, making her my very first international guest, which I think is so exciting. Arlene and Edith founded an organization called Expansion International. There are no words for how much these two women inspire me. God has used them in such an incredible way to make a profound difference in the lives of literally thousands of people. Their testimony even includes a modern-day Exodus story. You will hear how God invited them to be a part of His complete deliverance for a displaced people group living a life of profound struggle and hardship. I know you'll be so blessed by their incredible story, so without further ado, here's my interview with my friends Edith and Arlene. Well, hello and welcome to the Made for This podcast. I am so over the moon excited about having you in my home. This is my friend Edith, all the way over from Kenya, which is, we'll get to how that even came about. It's amazing act of God's faithfulness that you're even sitting in my kitchen. I'm so excited. And Arlene, also um, from Expansion International, is the organization that you are a part of, and I am thrilled that you are here. So welcome. Thank you. So, Edith, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are and where you live? Okay. I'm Edith Jenga. I live in Kenya. Actually, I'm born and raised and live in Kenya. I am a mother of three uh, grown-up children, uh, one girl and two boys. They're all married, and I'm married to her in Baya. Uh, we live together in Kenya. Uh, I work for Expansion International Africa Office as the executive director, uh, and uh, we, we have been serving the community in Kenya for the last almost 10 years uh, as an organization, but while working earlier, uh, partnering with the church before Expansion International was born. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm so thrilled you're here. And Arlene, mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about you and who you are. So I'm Arlene Hardy, and I am also the mother of two boys. And I have three grandchildren. And I've been working with Expansion International since the beginning and have been the executive director since, well, about the last nine years. Wow. Okay, so tell us how you two met then from different continents. How did you come together to be friends and partners in ministry? Um, We met in 1999. I and my husband visited Capital Christian Center where Aline was a member of, uh, I think she was in the leadership. And in 2002, the Capital Christian Center decided to send some brethren to Kenya, Aline being one of them, to come and just see the work that was going on. And maybe to backtrack a little bit, when we visited uh, Capital okay. Christian Center, we shared with them about a children's project that okay. was going on in our church. 
uh, for the vulnerable and orphaned children in the village whom we had taken in to feed and to educate. And the church was interested to come and see what is happening in right. Kenya. So they sent Aline and some other four people to come to Kenya. And that's how I got to meet uh, Aline at that time. That's back oh, in 2002. I love that. Yeah. That's so great. Oh. And so then you went over and worked alongside yes. Arlene. All right, so you know. in 2002... Evans Baya was uh-huh. the president of the missions board at uh-huh. Capital Christian Center. And we were sent, there were five of us sent over from the church to see where could we get involved uh-huh. in the communities that Evans was familiar with. He um, is Kenyan as well and okay. from the same area. Mm-hmm. And so we went over on a scouting trip. Oh, fine. And okay. it, was, it was great. That's where I first met Edith. She okay. took us around, she and Heron, her husband. Yes. And we visited orphanages and... We even went into the Nairobi slums and checked out wow. all the people and talked to pastors. And it was really an experience. Wow. And we met with people who were, you know, working in the area, but just couldn't get by with what they were provided right. with. Okay. And the income at that time was maybe about $30 a month wow. was the average income. Oh my goodness. And so people were struggling right. and we could see that. And we came back with the report to the church of three areas we thought we should get involved in. And the first one was pastoral training okay. and helping the pastors really to grow. They have a thriving churches there, but they uh-huh. don't have a discipleship program. Oh, right. yeah. And so we said, let's let's help them grow. Right. And then secondly, with the children, as Edith mentioned, there were many children that weren't able to go to school because the government did not have a public school system okay. at the time, primary or high school. Oh, wow. And so we said, let's get involved with the children in children's programs. And then we saw a huge medical need. So we, right. we thought, you know, let's get involved in some medical endeavors. And so we, we made our proposal to the church. Wow. So when, when you we went back. over there that first time, were you thinking... This is now the direction of our life. We're gonna we're gonna partner with ministry over in Kenya, or you had already kind of known that this was where you were headed, or was this something that you were over there and you were moved, and then mm-hmm. you thought, "I see a need here. I I think we can be a part of something." Well, for me personally, I knew in 1993 when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior, I knew that I was called to missions and okay. to do missions work. I was traveling internationally with my work, and I saw in many countries the need, and wow. so I knew I would be doing missions work. However, on that first trip to Kenya, I, when I left the country, I did not think I would go back. I thought I was called somewhere else, mm-hmm. and even remember at the airport telling Evans, I don't think I'm coming back. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And here you are. So, so what changed all that then? Uh, for of course you? it was the Lord yeah. that changed it all for yeah. me. Mm-hmm. And we just came back and they just the faces of those yeah. little children and all of the wonderful people we'd met and Edith and her mm-hmm. team and they, they get on my heart. Yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't let them go. Yeah. And so when we decided the next year to take a team over of medical people and do children's ministry, then they convinced me to go. So Wow, that's mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, so no, Kenya out. is beautiful. So mm-hmm. we'll hear about this later, but our family had the privilege of mm-hmm. partnering with Expansion on one of the two-week trips. Mm-hmm. We took our f- two children and all four of us went over and oh my goodness it's beautiful and there is a piece of my heart still left over in Kenya I don't think you can go there and not leave a piece of your heart there it's it's such a beautiful country and beautiful people and okay so then how did the how did expansion international 
become an organization? So when in 2003, we did the first medical camp, and then uh, the naturally the medical need was huge. The government has uh, or had hospitals, but unfortunately, most of those hospitals didn't have like medication and oh, drugs, okay. and then the very low income earners whom we were addressing ourselves to could not even afford to buy medication for themselves. So when we started the camp in, I mean, the medical camp in 2003, there was like a huge need that yeah. revealed itself about the medical uh, need in, in Kenya. And Kenyan church and some group that came together after the mission called itself Kenya Coalition USA came together and decided there's a need to start off a medical facility, which a group of people partnered together to bring it about. Immediately after that happened, the Kenya Coalition USA group felt they couldn't continue as a, like an amorphous group. So they needed an organization to work under or right. an umbrella to work under because basically the partners were the churches, but there were these other people who came in between from 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 the U.S., from different churches, from different uh, medical background, from different trainings, and they felt, uh, and Aline will share a little bit about how the Lord uh, impressed on them about mm -hmm. now starting an organization that we call Expansion International, which started in 2008. Wow, how exciting. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. Yeah. So we did. We kept taking medical teams back doing children's ministry and, and a, a little bit of an economic business development type work. But we really knew that if we wanted to continue uh, and people wanted to give, they needed a nonprofit to give to and not yeah. just a group of people. So that's uh, Evans Baya then came, felt like the Lord was telling him to start this organization. We had actually set aside time to go up in the mountains at a retreat okay. and have some time of prayer saying, Lord, what do you want us to do? Yeah. This is getting so big. What do you want us to do? And mm -hmm. he really felt on the way up there, the Lord telling him that he needed to work on starting this organization. Oh, my mm -hmm. goodness. And so he and myself and Marietta Thompson, Dr. Thompson, put the organization articles together and filed for a nonprofit status, which we received in 2008, wow. and the organization took off from there. Yeah, and, and from a spiritual perspective, <clears throat> just before uh, Evans, Aline, and Dr. Marisa got together, the Lord had spoken to one of us about the work he was about to start doing in, in, in Kenya. And okay. he said that there are four areas that he is going to minister to the people, and that was in salvation. He was going to give deliverance to his people, he was to heal, and he was to restore joy. Those four areas mm -hmm. kind of became so foundational yeah. to the work that we are just about to, to start. That in whatever we are going to do, God is going to heal his people. He's going to give them deliverance. He's going to give them salvation, and he's going to restore Oh, my goodness. Joy. I just got chills because knowing now, <laughs> and we'll keep hearing the story, but mm -hmm. he's done that in mm -hmm. all four of those areas. Mm -hmm, he mm -hmm, is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm absolutely mm -hmm. provided all four of those things mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. your organization over so many years now. Mm -hmm. That is so incredible that he gave that specific word to you at mm -hmm. the beginning mm -hmm. and has been so faithful. Yeah, he has. He has. He that. has been faithful. And uh, that can be seen 
with the different things we've been doing from the medical camps, we've seen people healed. Yeah. We have had pastors and uh, some brethren coming from the U.S. And during the medical camps, they have prayed for people who have gotten healed. There are people who have been healed through the physical, you know, physical help with the medication and all that. Yeah. So the healing component yeah. has come through. Facility that we started in Kiambu, Kenya, a health facility, yeah. we get to people about from 1,500 to 2,000 patients every month. Oh, my goodness. You know, who receive their help and medication and wow. we would still see, still receive their healing, both physical and spiritual. Right. Mm-hmm. At the same time, there was this camp that uh, we, we visited and maybe we didn't mention that in 2002 when Aline and the scouting team came to Kenya, there's this camp that was displaced mm-hmm. from their homes in 1992 through tribal clashes, political tribal clashes in uh-huh. Kenya, and had camped in a, in, in, in a forest. During the scouting, because I lived in Kenya, yeah. I also didn't know about this camp. Oh, until okay. Aline and her team came, and uh, one of the pastors, because we partnered with Pefa Church at that point, they were taking us around, uh, told us about this group that was right in the midst of the forest, uh-huh. and they took us there. I also oh. didn't know that that camp existed until okay. that time when we went to visit them. Oh. And then we realized this camp, which was like uh, three acres, and then had uh, how many homes? I can't remember very well. But there were, the homes were in small shelters of 13 by 13 feet, mm-hmm. all joined together. Yeah. It was miserable. We couldn't, when we saw the place, we couldn't even understand that it's people who live there. Oh, right. And then we came to one thing. They had a lot of small children. Yeah. So you wouldn't even know where all these children, yeah. you know, are, are, are born and raised because yeah. mm-hmm. the whole thing, looked, it was like ramshackle. Yeah. So that's wow. how we came into contact with this. It's a perfect pastor who took us in there because they were ministering, they ministered to those people when they came there. Okay. Yeah. And so then expansion just decided that God was leading you to care for them and to work all those years. You know, it was, I was uh, just thinking about this and I think we took, when we went back in 2003, we Uh took our team in there. And at that time, the camp was very leery of us and they wouldn't let us go beyond the entrance okay and so we had to stand right at the entrance and just talk to them uh the scouting team had walked all the way through the camp but when we brought everybody back they didn't want us in the camp okay so we stopped and just stood there and talked with them at that time and and then the next year we came back we did the same thing and they let us go a little bit further but at that time i think in 2004 uh, dr marietta thompson was with Uh us at that time and and she felt the Lord pressing on her in Isaiah 58 and, and actually in his Isaiah 60 as well to put a roof over their heads, oh, that wow. we need to go and look at how to put a roof over their heads. And wow. she kept getting that, put a roof over their heads. And you can't build there in the camp. They yeah. wouldn't allow you to build. And, mm-hmm. and that really, you know, just through prayer and how do you put a roof over their heads, we came with the plans and the realization yeah. that, we need to build homes. Oh. We think the Lord's telling us. Mm-hmm. We know the Lord's telling us we need to build homes. And it really became a faith journey for us as well. Yeah. Because when you think about how do you raise that much money? Yeah. You know, here we are right. just people working in our regular jobs. At yeah. the time, I had a more than full-time job. And yeah. everybody else that was involved had full-time jobs. And we were just yeah. doing this on the side. And so how do you raise 
that much money. And we thought that they would get out of the camp re- you know, fairly quickly right. because the, the government kept telling us they were going to get out. Mm-hmm. And we kept petitioning. And yet it was years, oh. 10 years, until they actually got out from the first, you know, that we started working with them. Oh, my goodness. But we, we just... You know, we could have lost hope. We could have lost faith. But yet we were seeing many people come to the Lord while they were in the camp. Mm -hmm. We were seeing them change the way they were living and treating each other. And we felt like God was doing something in the camp as well. And even when they got out of the camp, that, you know, they were moving around to a lot of different areas, but they went as believers Uh, mm -hmm. and taking that testimony into other areas as well. So we felt like... You know, the Lord was yeah. at work, and it was His timing. Because ultimately, that matters more than anything is our spiritual sure. health and our yes. spiritual yeah. being right before the Lord. And mm-hmm. so for Him yeah. to be using your team to come in and share the gospel and share mm-hmm. hope, and then for them to begin to incorporate that into their everyday life, yes. then that would go with them wherever mm-hmm. they went mm-hmm. from the camp. Yeah. That's so exciting. I loved mm-hmm. that about being involved with expansion was just the faith component was mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. primary mm-hmm effort. And mm-hmm. and yes, God healed and did all of these things, but the, the spiritual care was, was the top mm-hmm. of your goals for mm-hmm. them, um, mm-hmm. which, because that's, that's our ultimate healing. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about life in the camp for them before they left. We, t- we addressed the, the water. It took a few years and then you were able to bring in purifiers mm-hmm. to help so that they, and that reduced the waterborne illnesses mm-hmm. yes. by a, mm-hmm. a tremendous amount. Mm-hmm. What other care and medical, what, what other, what was life <clears throat> like for them in the camp before as Arlene had said earlier, it was a life of struggle. One, yeah. they were dependent on government or their food yeah. because they didn't have like land to, to till. To and farm, the little right. pieces of land they could get right inside the forest would travel like seven miles to go and do like potatoes or cabbages or kills. So mostly they were dependent on government or their food, which would come or would not come. Okay. And when the real food came, it's like it's to the leadership to decide who gets the big share and who gets the small share. So uh-huh. life was very frustrating for most of them. Then the other way they used to find like a survival mechanism was like um, sneak at night, get some firewood because the government uh, or the right. forest department would not allow any tree felling uh-huh. or firewood fetching from the forest. Yeah. So they would sneak there, maybe get some firewood, had to travel at night to sell it. So, so the traveling at night, uh, especially for the men, gave them difficult times because of the cold at night. The place right. is cold. So they had a lot of uh, bronchitis and respiratory challenges. Some of them turned out to be asthmatic. And uh, and that's, those were some of the challenges we encountered as we did the medical camps. For the women, they would carry the firewood on their back. Uh. So a lot of them, again, suffered a lot of backaches which was also a struggle as we did the medical camps in the camp. About the water, they had a little, like a little spring or well or whatever, where the cows, the the, the carts, the goats, everybody fed from the same well. Yeah. So there was a lot of uh, waterborne diseases. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, typhoid and all that kind oh, of stuff. Wow. So again, that was also, a, 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 you know, 
the, the social component is like people didn't have privacy. I think for women, that really distressed them oh, because yeah. it's like you could never live your private life. You quarrel with your husband last night and everybody in the village knows there was a quarrel in your house because your next neighbor, uh-huh. the partition is a polythene paper or the bamboo trees. If you slept without food, of course, everybody will know there was no food because they didn't hear any onion, you know, frying or or corn boiling. So they would know your children went without food. So there were also a lot of social social issues that frustrated people, distressed people. And uh, I would say generally life was, was difficult. If you ever looked at those people, their eyes were ever watery. Of course, they didn't cover houses yeah. and the smoke. Right. So it's like children had running nose throughout and the eyes were all the time watery, like red and crying mm. and all that kind of stuff. So anyway, yeah. life was hard for, yeah. for those people and it was also difficult. Raising children was also very difficult because sure. discipline and proper manners yeah. was difficult. You teach, try to teach your children some little good manners. The next minute they are all untaught or oh, it stands upside down because... You know, you have no control. Yeah. The next child they meet and, and they are just one meter away from each other. Right. So generally from all components of life was difficult. But now yeah. things are different. God in his wonderful, wonderful, miraculous way was able to provide for them. We were able to go minister to them and finally were delivered from that camp and relocated from the camp which was incredible so that was when our family had the privilege of mm-hmm. coming alongside mm-hmm. just in our small way during that time what a beautiful story of god's redemption mm-hmm. so like you said these mm-hmm. displaced families in these small homes mm-hmm. inadequate supplies unhealthy water mm-hmm. and you were able you found them and were able to come alongside and provide them with the medical care and with the spiritual counseling and mm-hmm. with clean water and mm-hmm. it was one of the most beautiful exodus stories really truly exodus stories that I've ever mm-hmm. seen in my entire life mm-hmm. in fact I'll show you before we leave we have mm-hmm. a picture of, of one of the families standing outside their home mm-hmm. and oh just such a, 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 a it's so faith building for me it's such evidence mm-hmm. of God's faithfulness mm-hmm. in his it hand is, and, it is. so it was only just in the last three years mm-hmm. they received land so tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about what happened in in those years with Kiani. They they received an amount equivalent of $4,800 from the government in 2013, September of 2013. And this money was to be used to go buy their own land. And they needed to leave the forest camp within, I think they had two weeks. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Two weeks. And then they had to be out of the camp and they, were, they had to go buy their own land. And... You know, this was after years, yeah. and literally there were young people now in the camp that had grown up in the camps and had married, and they had children. Oh, wow. So these are people who had never lived outside of a camp life, wow. and now they're thrown out into, you know, the, the, the rural yeah. areas to try and make their way. Right. And they didn't have skills, and they didn't have homes. Right and um, didn't know how to, to go about supporting themselves. And right. so it was hard in the beginning, and we were so excited. It was kind of, we, we talk about it being almost bittersweet, you know, yeah. because we were so excited for them to finally get out of the camp. But yet they were our friends, and every year, two or three times a year, we would go to visit them right. in the camp, and they knew yeah. us, and 
And during that time that we were going there, thousands of people got saved in the camp. You know, literally thousands. And hundreds of people were given medical care that, that probably would have died if they hadn't received the medical care, even some being taken to hospitals to, you know, have legs repaired or hips right. repaired or wheelchairs brought in. So, so many of those things. And now suddenly they were gone. Right. And we got back there in October. So they were given the land or money to buy land in September. We came in October. And when we pulled up to the site, the camp had been burnt. In oh, fact, there was wow. still smoke rising from the oh, camp, and it wow. was all gone. All the feelings yeah. at that and point. And it was gone, and wow. we're like, oh, where did all of our friends go? Right. How do we find them? Yeah. Um, however, we knew about uh, 200 families uh-huh. that had joined together to go buy a land together. And they were going to stay together. And so that was probably a couple thousand people, maybe 1,500 people out of the 4,000 that decided to go together and yeah. buy land. And, and with Edith's help, mm-hmm. I mean, it couldn't have happened without her helping them to find these blocks of land together. And she had taken them on scouting trips to find the land. And, and so they moved together uh, to two different areas. One is we call Bahati and one we call Sabukia. And, um, but they did not have a home. So they were living wow. in plastic tents and, you know, paper Tense. So while they have land now, in some ways, life just got a little bit harder at yeah. the beginning. Until, and it yeah. felt like it was even worse for uh, them than okay. where they were. Because mm-hmm. at least where they were, they knew where to go get water. They knew how to get right. their daily food. So they knew how to survive. But here mm-hmm. they were just put out in this area yeah. on their land with nothing. Right. So Wow. Let Edith tell you a few stories from that. Yeah. And uh, then uh, when, so when these people now got into the land and uh, as Expansion International, since we had worked with these people from 2008, we mm-hmm. worked with the government, we lobbied for right. them, we advocated for them. Uh, when they relocated now, we still follow them up. And uh, we won, you know, in October 2013, we held a Thanksgiving service oh. all together, celebrating what God had done, yeah. you know, giving them the way out. It's like Lily, the children of Israel, when they left yes. Egypt, you know, and they got into the wilderness and Miriam took oh. the drum and danced <laughs> yes. for the Lord. You know, so we had a very oh, wonderful celebration service just to thank God for the deliverance and yeah. for giving them our land. But now as expansion, we had to do uh, shared with these people that the moment the government will give them land, as a team, we'll try to see whether we can put a roof on their heads. Right. And then we embarked on a project or a program we were calling Connector Family, which was uh, being rent from the U.S. And we started a fundraising campaign to start and build houses for these people. And the Connector family worked so well, and how it was working is like a family in the U.S. would connect with a family in Kenya, uh, pray for each other, you know, maybe send each other pictures, and then the family in the U.S. would commit to raise like 4000 from $4,000. Uh or thereabout to support this family in Kenya to put a home. And that worked so well. And for the last three years, we've been doing that. The project is just about, just got completed in December 2016. So, and it worked so well. And those families now are connected and the families in Kenya are very, very excited 
to own a home. Oh, yeah. Actually, as Aline said a little earlier, that some of the children or the youth that were in the camp knew no other home because right. they went into that camp when they were like two, three, four years and they left when they were above 18. Wow. So that was their home. But right now, they are so happy to have a home where they have their own compound, oh. they can grow their own food, they can figure their way around it. And it's a whole lot of, uh, of a different setup. The one that God had spoken about joy. Now, yeah. if you walk through the homes in the village, because it's like now they're living in a normal, regular right. Kenyan village, yeah. you can see the joy oh. radiating from their mm-hmm. faces. Even from their walking, you can tell they are happy people. Oh my they may not have everything that yeah. they need, but the fact that they have a home yeah. and they have a property they can call their own is good news itself oh, it's and it's very exciting oh my goodness very exciting and for something that god put on your heart mm-hmm. so many mm-hmm. years ago mm-hmm. and we've we've condensed it down to a, a short little narrative but it, mm-hmm. it was a long time mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. meeting with these people and tending to their mm-hmm. immediate needs while you were working tirelessly and relentlessly to provide for them mm-hmm. through mm-hmm. like you said through getting land from the government mm-hmm. and I'll have to post pictures on my on my website of where they were living before mm-hmm. and then the homes that you have now mm-hmm. built yes. for them. And they mm-hmm. got to have some input right into what the design would look like for mm-hmm. these homes and they did. They yeah. did. Mm-hmm. Yes. They, they participated even in the building of the wow. homes. Yes, yeah. So you had you bought brick materials. Makers, we gave right? them materials, yeah. we do the brick making, but they got involved in the building of their own homes. Oh, that is there so was, incredible. They were part and parcel of the home building. And I bet they loved they they did. Did. that And as they well. feel uh, it's more value to them right. when they've been involved and they feel more ownership to mm-hmm. take care of and, you know, just to be part of it. The other thing that we were very concerned about in building the homes was we have a lot of medical work that we do. Yeah. So we wanted the homes to be healthy homes. Yeah. So they have cement floors and they have a, a chimney to, to bring the smoke out. They, where they were living before, of course, were, was dirt floors. Yeah, and they would build right. their fires right in the middle of the floor. So we were treating people with many bronchial ailments because of that. And, of course, there were many other ailments because of the dirt. But this gave them a clean environment to live in. And when you walk through there, I just love it. They'll come running out and... And they know it was the Lord that provided it yeah. because it was such a miracle for yeah. them to get a home. And they'll yeah. come out praising the Lord yeah. and saying, God gave us this house. Oh, and I love we thank that. the Lord for it. You know, they they know that it was a miracle that came from God. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So so speaking of that, mm-hmm. what and, and you had mentioned that God healed. So mm-hmm. tell us, what are some of the ways that you saw God physically heal people that you were caring for because I, I love that you said he healed them through medicine mm-hmm. and and yet and he healed them spiritually but he also legitimately healed people physically mm-hmm. so tell us a little bit about some of those stories that stand out in your mind this this lady uh, whenever I go to her home and I see her I get very excited I will talk about physical fast she's Ju- she happens to be Julia uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very close to Julie. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> and Juliana uh, was, she came to one of our medical camps and she had her, I think her left side swollen. She had a oh. big, like a big mass. Oh. She could hardly walk. She was actually bending as she came to the camp. I oh, still wow. remember her. And uh, Dr. Marietta Thompson saw her 
And uh, of course, when we go out to the camp, most of the things we do are primary health care. But yeah. any complicated cases, we refer to the to the hospitals around. So this lady, we couldn't, of course, she needed uh, surgical uh, corrections. So Dr. Marita Thompson uh, referred her, gave her a referral to a okay. district hospital. And then ex- expansion is international. We provided her with the funds for okay. the surgery. She went wow. for the surgery. She was operated on. The mass was removed. Okay. Thank God it was not cancerous. Oh, good. And uh, if you see Julia today, she is a very excited woman. Oh. She does all her chores and she does all her farming. You know, wow. she, she will always welcome you to her house oh. with a lot of joy and excitement. And every time I see her, my heart is full of praise oh, to the Lord yes. for the things he has done. So yeah. that is one of the physical, I would yeah. say, physical healing. I would uh-huh. say such a witness. Their healing, I would say, is the emotional healing yeah. of those people. Yeah. They, had, they looked sad all the time. Sometimes uh-huh. I look at the pictures that we took then uh-huh. and look at the individuals now and they cannot compare and oh. contrast the two people because wow. even in the older pictures, they looked old, sad, miserable but today's picture they are excited people they are people now you can stand and engage you know talk at a level that time they wouldn't talk it's like they look at you and it's like there isn't much you would talk about but now we can go stand engage excited they have stories and for me their emotional health yeah. has been restored. Oh, I love that. You know, and as Aline said earlier, there are many who did not know the Lord. And today, and they give the testimony that they got to know the Lord through the ministry of Expansion International at the camp. They are believers. They have a testimony. Some of them are church elders. Yeah. Some of them oh. have become church pastors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, you I know, and for me, that again is huge. Oh, that's amazing. So in terms of healing, there are so many families. Some had yeah. separated, husbands and wives, because a wife feels I cannot live under those circumstances, uh, right. or a husband feels this is too much for me, and one of them decides to take off. The families right. have been restored. Oh, my goodness. So the, the, there are so many things that have happened. If one was to compare and contrast the past life and the present life, you can see a Oh, godly transformation That's so in the whole process. Yeah. And he brought it all about. He did, he oh did. We would say we were just used as a tool yeah. to bring about what God wanted to do oh. for those people. It's so encouraging to just know wherever we're at, God sees us mm-hmm. and he wants to draw us to himself. Mm-hmm. And here were these group of people that nobody was noticing. You said you lived in Kenya, you mm-hmm. didn't know them, mm-hmm. but God knew they were there. And he, he knew. brought he you to he them did. and did. put this on your heart. Mm-hmm. And then over the course of 10 years, mm-hmm. redeemed that entire situation. He did. That's amazing. Did you ever see any uh, miraculous healings? Outside of conventional medicine? Yes, there's one time I remember Pastor Tim came to Mm -hmm. Kenya. Unfortunately, I keep losing on the ears. Oh, that's okay. Uh, And I remember they were in the prayer room praying for a sick person. That's, I think that's the only one of the testimonies I've had about miraculous healing. Uh And they prayed Mm -hmm. for this person and this person got healed. Oh my goodness. You know? There's a lady I met, and she gave me also a testimony on how she couldn't see. Her eyes used to have a problem, and she came for one of the medical camps. Of course, we didn't have an ophthalmologist. Uh Uh So what the the people in the prayer room did, they prayed for her, and her sight was restored. That one, I have had her own testimony. 
and oh. she doesn't use eyeglasses. She uses her eyes, and her problem was totally solved. Oh mm-hmm. my so goodness. I have had testimonies <laughs> here and there of miraculous faith healing, oh, not medication, faith healing. And Pastor Tim, I know, prayed for some people with some pastors from yeah. Kenya, and they received their healing in the prayer room. Oh, I, love I was actually that. there when when the little boy. It, mm-hmm. He wasn't a little boy, but he was a young man. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it was his hearing that they were praying for, mm-hmm. and it was Pastor Tim, and actually his son was with him as okay. well. And, and they prayed for this young man, and he left, and he came back, and they prayed for him, and they prayed for him because he, he couldn't hear. Okay. And he hadn't been hearing since he was a young toddler. Uh-huh. And somehow his, his hearing had been damaged. And and I remember when he he suddenly could hear, mm. he it frightened him. <gasps> and he didn't know. Oh. He was like, he started to cry. And mm-hmm. he wasn't a young kid. He was a young man. Mm-hmm. And he because everything was so loud right. and people were talking to him mm-hmm. and it was amazing. Oh I mean, I haven't, I haven't experienced that there. many things yeah. before, but um, that was amazing. Mm-hmm. It Isn't was a really that? exciting yeah. one. I yeah. love I'm so happy Aline, you were there. I was in the kitchen, so I didn't get to, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get to but I, I got to hear about the testimony, but I didn't get to see the young man. Oh, I, man. I would say there's one other miracle too that yeah. I, I think is instrumental to us um, and our ministry, and this was, and Edith will remember this, we had a medical camp once, and and there was a young woman who was coming down the road in front of the medical camp, and she was about to give birth, she was walking, and she ended up having the baby right up on oh. the road, and oh. she couldn't make it all the way into the camp. Well, somebody oh. found her, oh, my and goodness. came and got, uh, you know, the medical team, and they went and got her and brought her in. Which was fine, and Marietta helped her and finished the delivery and everything. But the miracle part of it was the baby was having problems. We went ahead and did a blood uh, sugar test on the baby, and the sugar was was too high. And the baby was struggling. And if our team hadn't been there to help with that, Mm -hmm. she was up on the road. And taken the baby immediately to the hospital and, you know, paid for them to go to the hospital, and the baby would have died. The sugar was that bad. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, that was a miracle that the wow. Lord performed for that woman. Right. And every year when we come back and we're in that spot, she brings the little girl for oh, us to she see. Does. And she's a big, healthy, little girl oh, that's now. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, a, it's a fun story, too. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think that's what I couldn't... I was surprised by heading over there to be a part of the medical team. Mm-hmm. I was expecting big things, mm-hmm. big, serious illnesses. But what I was struck by was that it was small, yeah. by a medical standard, small mm-hmm. things that with just mm-hmm. antibiotics, but yet yes. would have the person be mm-hmm. miserable while they were enduring that mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. condition, but could be easily treated with mm-hmm. antibiotics. That's mm-hmm. the, And just the mm-hmm. the blessing of, of modern medicine to be mm-hmm. able to help. Mm-hmm. I remember, so <laughs> my husband was more of the one kind of helping people get into the lines and be mm-hmm. where they needed to be. And mm-hmm. I was given that job and realized very quickly that I was terrible <laughs> at that job because I, every story I was like, oh, oh, you can just come in and, you know, the camp, it's trying to close the, the medical facility down for the day. And I'm like, oh, but, but, but this person, I was a terrible gatekeeper. But this one, with this one family, this, the mom of this mm-hmm. three-year-old girl, mm-hmm. she 
she couldn't speak English, so she mm-hmm. had her sister speaking to me for her and saying, this mm-hmm. little girl is very sick. Mm-hmm. And she did look very sick. sick. Mm-hmm. And of course, me and my heart for kids. And, mm-hmm. you know, I wanted mm-hmm. to do everything I could. Mm-hmm. So again, against the protocol, I went over to somebody <laughs> and said, can we just, can we just take care of? Mm-hmm. So what well, they brought this sweet little three-year-old girl in and she had, it turns out, a double ear infection and a oh, horrible oh. UTI infection. Uh-huh. So that baby girl was a mess. Uh-huh. But yet with antibiotics, she was going to be Easily. a whole new kid in a couple days Mm -hmm. and all three of them went to the prayer room and received Christ and I just thought that is the most beautiful thing I've ever seen and even though my gatekeeping was a fail I I I mean God used that even my letting you were (laughs) ending for a reason (laughs) there we go yeah because I I couldn't say no and but just again that the completeness of what you were offering the people in terms Mm -hmm. of medical care Mm -hmm turn that little girl's world up right back, mm-hmm. right side up again, and mm-hmm. then also gave the family mm-hmm. faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we, we are just head over heels in love yeah. with what you do yeah. as, a, as an organization. So yeah. now that you've seen this, this, mm-hmm. this huge Exodus story, mm-hmm. uh, and you're, you have your medical facility that you have built, what is mm-hmm. Expansion currently doing now that you have resettled people and mm-hmm. homes are built? Mm-hmm. What, mm-hmm. Is, what is new for Expansion now? Okay, we've been working in different areas. So like where we did the medical facility is a different area and the people are receiving their, their daily help. Uh-huh. Uh, the people now have been resettled. Uh-huh. But again, the, where the people in the camp, where they decamped, the, that village, it's called Kirasha and Mavumu, it's all combined together. There is still a group of people that settled in that area. And again... Our medical facility is still very huge uh-huh. because uh, we have in Kenya we have uh, government sponsored health facilities and we have faith based oh. uh, sponsored health facilities okay. and uh, the faith based kind of subsidize uh, the government effort in okay. offering a uh, health care to, mm-hmm. to, to the citizen so Expansion has had a long time desire from even when these people were in the camp. Uh, we identified that this area had a huge need for a health facility because the people travel like 30 kilometers either left or right to access any good health care. Oh, wow. So, and whatever exists is small private, mm-hmm. uh, personal, uh, small facilities. Mm-hmm. So, uh, our prayer is that God helping us from this year and in the next one, two years, we'll be able to put up a health facility wow. that is very close and similar to the one in Dumberi that these people now around in this area can access health care uh, at, at, at nearby and affordable that's amazing. and cost-effective yeah. uh, health care. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what Expansion International is embarking on. Are this year that and so part exciting. of next year, and we are trusting that the Lord will bring it to pass. Yeah, because those people graciously have been waiting uh, for this facility as we did the the housing yeah. project for the XKN community. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So for people listening, mm-hmm. if they hear this and they're as inspired as I am by mm-hmm. what you do, mm-hmm. how can they partner with Expansion right now? What What are your needs as an organization? Right now, the clinic that we want to build that Edith just shared with you is about $200,000. We've raised 25000 towards that okay. so far. So that's our biggest need this right. year, to raise the money for that clinic. We want to get uh, all of the money raised before we, we break ground. We see a lot of buildings in Kenya that get started and never finished uh, because they okay. run out of money. So our okay. desire is to have the majority of it ready. Mm-hmm. 
So that's our number one need this year okay. is doing that. We also continue our work with the ex-Kenny group, the former oh, yeah. Kenny group. Yeah. Now that they have their houses, we also brought in clean water access for them. So they've been able to have clean water, which wow. is a very big deal. And, right. And we've even started this last year getting the tanks closer to where they live. Oh, okay. So the women and children, of course, are the ones that carry the water okay. twice a day. And they end up spending so much of their time. The kids miss school. They miss their studies. The women yeah. walk back and forth. So we've been trying to move tanks closer okay. to the homes. Wow. Um, and that has really helped. And we've, we've gotten four new tanks in this last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so both communities have clean water now. Wow. And so that's if people, big. Oh, that's huge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if people want to contribute toward that 200000 do they visit the Expansion International website? Or what's the best way for them to do that? To that's, donate? that's a great question. Thanks, Julie. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Um, expansioninternational.org okay. is the name of our organization. There's okay. a donate button right on there. Okay. You can also call directly. Okay. Um, the office number is 208-345-7624. Perfect. And we can take your information over the phone and run a credit card for you or you okay. can send a check. And if they wanted to go in person to see the wonderful work that's happening and fall head over heels in love with Kenya <laughs> like our family did, is that still something that you're that you're doing? Are you yes. bringing teams? We are still taking teams. We do usually two teams a year. Okay. Our next team will go out in October. So okay. it's not too late to join an October team if you're interested in that. And again, you just need to go on our website or call us and to get involved with that. We'll have a meeting in May to kick that off and wow. tell people about the what we'll be doing on that trip. Well, our family can say firsthand it, mm-hmm. it changed us. It was such a profound blessing for our family. It was just beautiful to see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, so what are you most excited about heading forward in the next few years then? With, I'm assuming, I mean, you've talked a little bit about, about building this clinic, but mm-hmm. just as you work with the people, what are you most excited about? I think for me, as I work with the people, I'm almost, I'm excited about everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm looking forward when they, we can call this community a totally transformed community, meaning they have now homes, they have water, they have health care, mm. they have an economic activity. Because right now, as we talk, their greatest challenge, and as Aline had mentioned earlier, in their older place, they had already learned like survival mechanism. Yeah. They are yet to learn the survival mechanism in the new place. Get something they can do to earn them a little money. So right now we've been embarking as an organization to help them in food security. So okay. they've done a lot of perennial crops or crops that will give them food continually. Yeah. We've been training them on wow. how to do different, you know, grow different crops that suit the area and the climate that they're in, but they are yet to find out a good or discover a good economic activity that they can engage in to make sure that they have some income on Mm -hmm. on monthly basis or on daily basis. So that right now is a struggle. And as an organization, we are thinking through on how to work with them to empower them to a level where they can economically be sustainable. I love that you. Mm-hmm. I love the mm-hmm. way you just phrased that. An mm-hmm. entirely transformed community. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. And you mm-hmm. and you do and you mm-hmm. have and you are. God mm-hmm. is through mm-hmm. you. Yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah. That's actually our mission mm-hmm. is to transform communities. And you know we work in seven communities right now. And so instead of going everywhere and anywhere anybody asks us to, 
we focus on those seven communities and try to transform them into a healthy lifestyle with education, economics, and spiritual. So they grow in all four of those areas. So basically, expansion work is wrapped up in the four. Education, health, uh, spiritual, and economic uh, empowerment. Mm -hmm. So when we go to a community, we try to see like all those four components are taking place. And the last component of the four is the economic part yeah. because it's also an, an ongoing process. It's right. not like a one-time thing. Right. It's you start from a little point and grow it. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think that's so incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm so thrilled that you are sitting here with me sharing this story and I can't mm-hmm. wait. Mm-hmm. cannot wait for people listening to hear mm-hmm. what you're doing and the incredible work that you're doing and mm-hmm. how God through you really is transforming individual lives and whole communities through mm-hmm. the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. And we'll have to have um, Marietta come back in mm-hmm. and yeah. Jeanette and, and Missy, like you were yeah. suggesting earlier, to, to talk about the education piece of what you're doing yes. as well. Do you want to give a little tiny synopsis sure. of that, how you help with the education? We have, um, you know, our, our education program started with scholarships for children to go to high school. The government eventually did put in uh, public school for primary uh-huh. after we were there for some years, but not for high school. Okay. So they still struggle to go to high school. And, right. you know, children that only get to go through eighth grade, yeah. they end up in bad environments, okay. whether it's into drugs or gangs or prostitution. Okay. Many of them are even taken into a slavery-type oh. situation where they're used for things and so it's a bad environment if they can't go to school and so we feel like and it was actually one of our first programs Mm. the most important thing for the children is to get them into high school so we started a scholarship program where people can adopt a child to put through school and it's $390 a year to be a sponsor it's not Mm. that much yeah Mm. and when when that child goes to school they don't just receive their education. If they go to boarding school, then they get their clothing, oh you know, goodness. so they get uniforms, they have a place to stay, they have food to eat, three so meals safety. a day, yeah. they have all of their school supplies, and they're, they're not interrupted with being pulled out into negative environments. They can concentrate on their studies. So for a little over a dollar a day, mm-hmm. you're yes. able to provide protection yes. and education mm-hmm. and, and, yes. and a stable environment mm-hmm. and resources. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. We've had uh, over 100 children now graduate from the program. So they've gone through through school, school. through high school, and many of them have gone on to universities. Wow. And they come back and tell us their stories, and they share. We have a conference every year that we bring all the students together and do training with them. And um, and actually, it's coming up um, in a couple months. So we have that education program for the high school students. We also have another program Uh called Two Mustard Seeds. Uh And it's a program where if the pastors and churches um, in Kenya will support a child to go to school, then we will also match that and support a child to go to school. And the way we get the money to do that is we raise money through a yearly event to sell women's clothing and accessories and home decor Mm -hmm. and 
and so we raise a lot of money through yes. that. And, yeah, it's um, a beautiful event. I've been, a, I've been mm-hmm. able to attend a, a few times, and it is incredible. And we'll definitely have to bring back Missy and yes. Marietta to tell that story, and and then maybe even close to the event, be able to let people know yes. that it's coming and that, that they can be, be a part of. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's all good. You get to go <laughs> shop for fun things in a pretty <laughs> environment and send people to school. It's, yeah. it's a it's a really great concept good. and. Yeah, so we're coming close to the end of our time together. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything, any closing remarks that you would like to share? Yeah, I would say for me, in all this journey, it has been a journey of faith. One, as a person, I have grown in my faith. I have seen the faithness of the Lord. I have seen what God has said he will do coming to pass. One, I've also been taught to be patient because uh-huh. sometimes we expected things to just happened then didn't happen as fast as we wanted <laughs> yeah. them to happen and in right. that journey is that the lord is is helping you to grow to wait on him to listen to him so it has helped me uh, to grow in my faith yeah and to also depend on god's faithfulness reminding me that the lord is faithful even when it seems like things are delayed you know he has not denied because what he said he will do eventually he did the timing may have been different but it was done so for me it has been a walk of faith it has been a journey of being taught how to be patient because naturally i'm a very fast person so sometimes i can get ahead of god but somehow the lord has been pushing me back and (laughs) you know just wait you have to walk at my pace and that has also helped me as a christian even to grow and um then even for the people we've been working with, to see their faith grow, to see them having hope and knowing that there is a God. Actually, there's one comment they keep saying that even before we showed up as an organization, there are so many people who had gone to them, promising them different things and none worked. But kind of they have also learned that there are people who believe in God, who trust God, who keep their word because they are believers. And that has also helped them to know, you know, even how to live as Christians right. and how their faith should be, you know, right. really living, walking the talk. Yeah. I would say walking the talk. Yeah. They, they have felt like there are people who walk the talk. That has also been very huge for us. Yeah. So for me, is that faith, faith growth, hope restored, faithfulness of the Lord can sum it all. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you? Anything closing remarks from you, Arlene? You know, I, I think back over the, the last 15 years that we've been working here and what the Lord has done. And for me, I think, it, you know, the biggest thing for me is, all, is also the growth in my faith. And I am a detailed financial person. So I had a little bit of trouble with believing and <laughs> stepping out on that water. Mm-hmm you know, yeah. to do certain things. And and yet the Lord brought the right people around us to allow yeah. us to step out wow. and to be able to do that. So for me, the faith part of it has been huge as yeah. well. And the other thing that it's just being able to see the hand of God. So, you know, you read your Bible, you, you know, you hear sermons, you read good books, but actually see it in oh, action. Yeah. It's been amazing. I uh, quit my job back in 2007 to work on this full time and that you know for me was a big step yeah but but not as big as stepping out in faith to buy brick machines when we didn't have money or you know start building houses when we were barely having money so the the faith journey has been huge and I just thank God that he has drawn us closer to him and 
and given us the gifts to do the work. Both yeah. Edith and I mm-hmm. yeah. to do the work, you know, gifting us right. in our previous lives yeah. to do this kind of work yeah. and to um, have the backgrounds that we had. Yeah. And so I just thank him for that. Well, and isn't that amazing? I mean, Marietta being a doctor and <laughs> yes. you having the experience that you had working in ministry yeah. over there and yeah. you coming the in with backgrounds. Yeah. And I just think it's been amazing to see how he's used and even yeah. others, others on the board, yeah. how he brings them with special gifts yeah. that we need at that time. Yeah. And well, so, it's so encouraging. And that's one of the things I've been the most encouraged about, yeah. even as a the host of this show is mm-hmm. just when God says go mm-hmm. and he says do something, mm-hmm. he, he will provide. Mm-hmm. And, and just watching that through each of the stories of people that I've had mm-hmm. on the show has been mm-hmm. hugely faith building for me mm-hmm. as well. Because mm-hmm. we want to kind of know how it all is going to play out mm-hmm. or the timeline, like mm-hmm. you said, and, <laughs> and we don't always get to know that. But it's if true. he has said, mm-hmm. do this, mm-hmm. we can know mm-hmm. that he will give us yeah, what we need. So in light of that, and as we wrap up, for women, because again, the point of the podcast is just that we're made for a purpose mm-hmm. and that God desires mm-hmm. to use us and, mm-hmm. and work through us in our gifting. And mm-hmm. and we can feel like if we don't have a big platform, mm-hmm. maybe we should, we gives us a free pass to not do anything mm-hmm. at all. But mm-hmm. what encouragement do you have for women to just show up every day mm-hmm. to live out the purpose God has for them? How would you encourage them? Yeah, there are some quiet ministries. And unfortunately, the world we're living in is like uh, you have to be up there in the pulpit or in a big, huge ministry to be impacting lives or to be changing lives. But I would say whatever little the Lord has put in your heart to do and has placed you in a place of influence, I think as women we should learn to give our best shot to it the way the book of Ecclesiastes 9 says, with all your might, with all your strength, and do it like you will not do it tomorrow. And don't wait for that huge thing that maybe people will recognize or people will pat you at the back. So whatever the Lord, whatever situation God has put you and has given you the grace to be there, give it your best shot. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and don't worry whether people recognize yeah. it or they don't, whether sometimes they support you or they don't. Yeah. As long as deep within your heart, you know the Lord has imparted it in you and you know the Lord has called you to do it. Do it and do it well. Oh, I love that. That's yeah. so encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. How about for you? You know, I think so many times uh, we as women say, oh, I can't be used. I don't have a special yeah. gift. <laughs> but it's not true. The yeah. Lord has put a passion in each of us for something. Yeah. And it can be a passion for, you know, a Bible study that you're going to lead. It could be a passion for raising up children, working with children. It could be a passion for evangelism. But yeah. the Lord puts passions in us for a reason. Why do we have a passion for Kenya instead mm-hmm. of for you know, China, Mm -hmm. somewhere in Asia, the Lord puts those in us. And if you're obedient to hear that Mm -hmm. voice uh, of the passion, then you need to step out in it. And God will reward that with seeing you through the work and seeing you through the serving. And it's a, it's a step of faith. It's a step of obedience, but it is drawing you nearer to the Lord as well. And he will be there for you. Yeah. And it's an amazing journey if you choose to do that. Right. Mm. And like you said, leaning into him, 
to listen to what that might be. I mean, I love that at the very beginning, you didn't have a lot of details other than these four components mm-hmm. that he was going to bring about salvation and mm-hmm. he was going to bring about joy. the joy. Mm-hmm. And you knew the mm-hmm. you knew the work that he would accomplish mm-hmm. in in generality, mm-hmm. and then and then you just stepped in and let him mm-hmm. unfold all of those details. Mm-hmm. But that took that you were listening. Mm-hmm. So I would I'm encouraged by that too to just mm-hmm. keep asking God what He has. And, mm-hmm. And you might mm-hmm. get really surprised and, <laughs> and find yourself in the middle of a forest tending to a huge group of people that you didn't even know existed. Yeah, it's and, true. It's yeah, true. Because his ways we, are so mm, creative. We mm. also really struggled with, we want to know a bigger portion uh, of the picture. Yeah. And don't be afraid to just step out in the small portion of the picture. Wow. You know, we, we didn't know what it was <laughs> going to look like and we didn't know the timing and, you know, but we God just knew. figured it out. <laughs> yeah. We figured it all out and it's And like, it wasn't what we thought. Yeah. <laughs> or the timeline. Yeah. Or, yeah. Oh, that's so, so exciting. Yeah, so, well, mm-hmm. I, I thank you so, oh, and we should mm-hmm. probably say just the fact that you're here is really the act of God's faithfulness yeah, that I had just happened to send an email out saying, hey, Marietta, would you ever want to be on the show? And yeah. could we Skype in Edith? And she's like, well, Edith is in Boise. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what? So oh, it's just that yeah. alone is just such an act of his faithfulness. Is, and, um, this has been such yeah. a blessing for me, and I know it will be for people listening, and I mm-hmm. hope they go check out your website, and I'll mm-hmm. post all of that mm-hmm. online as well. So thank you. Thank you, Julie. Thank you, Julie. It's been great to be here. Thank you. Thank you for being about us. Well, I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Edith and Arlene as much as I did. It's amazing what God chose to do through their desire to serve and their willingness to say yes to the things God asked of them. The Ministry of Expansion International is such a powerful proclamation of God's faithfulness and redemption. The Kiani people, who were in many ways forgotten and unknown by their community and government, were seen and deeply known by our Almighty God. It reminds me of one of my favorite scriptures. Psalm 40, 1 through 3 in the NASB says, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He inclined to me and heard my cry. He brought me up out of the pit of destruction, out of the miry clay, and He set my feet upon a rock, making my footsteps firm. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord. I love that so much, and God really did put a song of praise in the hearts of the Kiani people. He gave them hope and salvation. He gave them deliverance, land, and homes. I pray that as Psalm 40 says, many will see and fear and will trust in the Lord as a result of the work that God did in the lives of the Kiani people. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this incredible testimony. I invite you to visit me over at the blog at julieturnermusic.com to start a conversation. How are you personally blessed by what they shared? I've also posted pictures for you to enjoy. You'll be able to see the Kiani camp before the resettlement, as well as pictures of their new land and homes. It really is so exciting to see what God has done. You can also find me on Instagram, username Julie Turner, or on my Julie Turner Music Band page on Facebook. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll see you next time on the Made for This podcast.